0: Welcome to the More Than Pizza podcast, where we exist to walk with parents in the discipleship of their kids and offer more than just pizza.
1: All
0: right, welcome back to the More Than
2: Pizza podcast. I'm Ray. I'm JB. And I'm Corey. And tonight,
0: what? Tonight. Tonight.
1: Yeah, tonight, 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 it's tonight. literally 1:31
2: p.m.
0: Tonight, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> I'm leaving this thing. Okay, we'll delete it.
2: But um, this morning, good night. Why can I not say anything? <clears throat> this afternoon. Today. During this
1: time frame that you... So, granted, Whatever
2: time you want to listen to this podcast. It may be nighttime. when they're listening. It may be morning. It may be lunchtime. Um, but on this podcast today, we're going to kind of go back to the whole purpose of the family. Um, I know we've talked about family this entire time. That's why we're doing the podcast is because we want families to disciple uh, families. We want their parents to be so involved in the child's life that God is continually brought up, and that's the goal of Christianity. And goal of Christian parents is the goal of the church. And when we're looking at this, one of the first places to go to is where family started, uh, which is actually back in Genesis. And we all know the story, we know the story of Adam and Eve. When God created Adam and Eve, He created them to be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, like He created them to be able to worship God, but do it through working the earth. But one of the main parts of that is whenever Adam and Eve had children, they had Cain and Abel, the first children we read about. And in Genesis chapter 4, it brings up a really key part that I feel like it's not spoken about a lot, because it is kind of a strange passage. But there's so much that happens in this passage and why Cain and Abel are worshiping God that we want to bring up today. And in Genesis 4, I'm going to start reading in the second half of verse 2. And it says, when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of the crop as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of the flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Story goes on where Cain killed Abel. And, um, the whole purpose of the story is they were offering worship to God. And the only way that they knew to worship God is because their parents taught them and which is always kind of an interesting concept. And that's what we want to bring up today is God uses imperfect parents, Adam and Eve. We know they were imperfect. They were fallen. and They were the reason we're in the mess that we're in today, but he uses imperfect parents to train up godly children. Godly children doesn't mean perfect children. We've talked about that before too, but godly children are people that look to God and worship God, but God ordained the family before the church and no family is perfect, but the family is a perfect place to share Christ. So I'm going to kind of throw out a question. How can your family be the perfect place or what perfect scenarios in your households can you share the gospel with your children?
1: Yeah, I think it's not necessarily a perfect scenario, but uh, a perfect purpose in the fact that, you know, in the first, when it, when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about discipleship of teenagers specifically. The first line of discipleship is the parents. God's goal is for the home to honor him and to serve him. You see that all the way in the New Testament, when you get to the early church, that a lot of the early church was founded in the home. It was founded in in house churches and and it started with the family. You also see throughout the Old and New Testament that when the father or or when a man became saved, it it would follow that by saying that his entire household became saved as well. And so it's really cool when you see the fact that God's purpose is so deeply rooted in the family that inside the family is one of the greatest opportunities you have for discipleship.
0: Yeah, and I think when we look at um, like Proverbs, where it says, train up a child in the way she go, and uh, when he is older, he will not depart from it. The the whole aspect of training there that we've talked about before in our uh, train up a child episode, but training isn't just in the good times. I think a lot can be learned uh, from a child and a parent teaching a child in their downfall. uh, of Being open and honest with your kids and I think a lot of times we tend to say, you know, you just shouldn't do this and not give an explanation. Mm-hmm. And there is a time and place for that. I've been over the three C's of parenting. <laughs> when they're little, they don't need to know why. They just need to know, no. But <laughs> in, as a kid gets older and they come to salvation and they start their, their relationship with the Lord is being worked on and has been growing. They're going through the sanctification process it's important to use those moments of when you fail as a parent and when they fail as children to use those moments to train and to uh, be more godly after, after that fact. And we even, I think we see that with Cain and Abel. Of, we don't, the Bible doesn't tell us how old they were uh, when they were given these offerings, um, but obviously they saw Adam do it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously they, they knew, okay, there, there is a God. There is, a, there is a creator, we have to take him these offerings as a form of worship, and we see them here doing it without their father. And, and so like worship continued even after they were no longer with Adam and with Eve. And now as a parent, I would love to see my kids grow up and continue to worship the Lord when they're not with me. Right now they're all young, so I bring them to church. Um, All of us are student ministers. We've all seen once kids get driver's license, they quit coming. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, you know, I would love, and I have some kids that have done that. And there are some kids that now that they can drive, they're here more. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and so I think it's a a balancing act of training and then of showing, hey, this is, it's a priority in the home is to worship the Lord. And we're going to do that together as a family. It's
2: also really neat to see whenever we see um, Adam and Eve, like they walked with God. Before the fall, they were able to communicate with God, able to see God, like all these different things. And Cain and Abel didn't. They had to trust that who Adam and Eve taught them about was true. And so that goes back to like, it's so important as parents to be training and teaching your children Mm -hmm. about God, about who you're worshiping, why you're worshiping him. Because it's so like in the culture today we live in, like people get thrown out, like worship praise, like all this stuff over to different people here and there. But whenever you talk about worshiping God, what does that truly mean? And um, that's a big concept of being in ministry is us teaching people to learn to worship God. But as a parent, our chief focus is worshiping and teaching our children to worship God.
1: Yeah, I think one of the coolest relationships that a parent and student can have or a parent and child can have is a relationship where you're growing and, and moving closer to the father together. And that's ultimately what we're all called to do. No matter how old you are or how young you are, you are purposed to live on this earth and to worship the Lord and to follow him. And so when a parent is doing that and they're not only showing the ropes to their children, but walking alongside them. I mean, how cool is that? When you truly think about the the image that that comes with that, for the family to truly worship together, and it is great to see families come to church together, but it's also more like worship together, grow together, hold accountability together. All those things combined, it, it really is God's purpose and intention for the family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yo, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went on vac we, we went on vacation one <laughs> day. Words are hard to time, understand. And. Uh, we were about to leave. We had a whole bunch of uh, equipment that we were using in the ocean to play with, uh, you know, boogie boards and skim boards and all these things. And we were like, I really don't want to put all these sandy things back in my car like, and drive home with them. And so there's this family right over there. And I was like, hey, let's just offer it to these people. And so me and my son, we walk over there and we kind of have a small conversation with them about, you know, hey, we're leaving. We don't want any of this stuff anymore. We don't want to take it home. And as we're walking away... My son says, "Dad, why didn't you ask them about Jesus?" Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> you're, yep. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I, so, yeah. And so, like me, me and my son, we had a there was a teaching moment in there of my failure and going back and talking to him and 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 uh, you know, and it it wasn't a I, I pray it was a fruitful conversation, but it was very fruitful for me and my son mm-hmm. of you know just there there was an opportunity that I just missed, you know and. You know, I was just thinking about, hey, I gotta drive ten hours back home. I don't want all this stuff. Like I don't I don't wanna do any of this. Yeah. And then you know, my son brought me back in line of hey, this is what's important, although yeah. this yeah. stuff isn't. And, so, and I, I punch. think
1: even within that, you know, a cool moment for any teenagers who are listening to this, that moment happened because your son was willing to ask the question. No, oh, yeah. I mean, how many times do we see our parents do something and we question it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we verbally question things we shouldn't question. But how many times do we, we have a question, a spiritual question about, you know, why do we do this or why didn't we do this? And we just don't ask. Mm-hmm. And I think we miss out on a lot of teaching moments because students aren't willing to ask the questions, but then at the same time adults, like we have to be willing to start the conversations. We have to be willing to point out things. And I think a lot of conversations within the home don't happen because nobody's willing to speak first. And Absolutely. that was a cool moment that hopefully you and your son both will remember for a long time, Oh yeah! but it happened because your son was willing to hold you accountable, mm-hmm. you know, to, to ask a question that kind of stung a little bit yeah, yeah. in the moment, you know, Man,
2: I, and since and then you could have I, easily snapped back at your son and be like, son, oh, yeah. shut up.
0: Yeah. We're going home. Uh, no, we could have, and I have asked this question a lot of times to my parents of like, how how many times have your kids seen you read scripture? Mm-hmm. How many times have your kids seen you talk to somebody about Christ? And, um, how many? mean, if your church is having a mission trip, like take your kid with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's a local one, like, yeah, d- and probably don't take them to, you know, Kuwait or whatever, <laughs> but, you know, no, take them, you know, take them to Oxford, take them to yeah. New Orleans, take them to the, all these places that, that we tend to go. And just let them see you operate, um, let
1: that be a training moment. Yeah, I think too, like that when you bring in, bringing up the fact that you are training, you are showing an example. One of the things that I'm just going to say, it, and it, it's going to feel like a dig, it's going to, it may even be more convicting to some than others. But one of the things that I notice on a Sunday morning that hurts my heart is to see an entire family walk in, and everybody is carrying their Bible except the dad. And then you get in the sanctuary and worship starts and everybody is singing except the dad.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: And over time, those kids are the ones who, when they become teenagers, all of a sudden they don't bring their Bible to church either. They don't want to participate in worship either. And it's because an example has been set that, hey, you're here, but I brought you here, but I'm not going to participate.
2: So, a fun story on that actually from this week um, came from a guy, Nick Ripken, who's a missionary, um, has done incredible things for God. And he also has a missionary firm where he was getting people trained up to go out, serve in different countries. He was talking to this lady and this man. They were married. Um, the man was a football player. I don't remember if it was college or NFL. His wife was a cheerleader in college. So gigantic human being, little bitty human being. So like you kind of see the picture here. And whenever he was talking to the man, he wanted to go to somewhere like safe. He wanted to be a missionary over in England, somewhere where he could be protective, all this stuff. Well, the woman was like, I want to go somewhere like where the gospel's needed, like over in the Middle East somewhere. So they kept talking about it. The wife was dead set on one place. The husband was dead set on another place. So Nick Ripken got and started talking to him and was like, hey. So why don't you want to go where your wife wants to go? He gets into the whole conversation. He's like, well, I need, I'm, as an American, I'm called to protect. My wife I'm called to do this, called to do this. And whenever he finally got through with the spiel, Nick pointed him his face, pointed at him in his face and said, God is the one that's supposed to protect. You're supposed to be obedient to God. And I think as men, like that is kind of our kind of MO is like saying, hey, We're called to be masculine. We're called to be manly. We're called to be a protector. We're called to do all these things. And we kind of forget to let God do some things. And as a dad and a family, like, we're supposed to be the ones that are going to God first. And like, hey, God, like, I need you. Like, I'm dependent on you. I need to show my children how to worship you. Not to try to keep people safe. Not try to keep people in a certain scenario. But as a family, like, dads play a a crucial role. In discipling their children, because dads are supposed to be the bu- biblical
0: leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, all of us have seen kids at camp worship, right? Mm, like, yeah. you know, and uh, and I, I tend to sit in the back, um, just just because <laughs> if if one gets up and leaves, I just want to know, like, all right, where. Where where you go? I just want to uh, get away from them for a minute. <laughs> I want to hide. I don't want second. to be associated I just want with them. them. Yes. Stand back um, here and be by myself. No, them. I actually like my kids. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, I sit at the back, and I'm watching them worship. And then we come back to church the next Sunday, it's different. and I'm watching them worship. Yeah. hmm And then they're they're completely shut down. They don't want to be here, and I and I'm often like, what's the difference? Like, what changed from there to here? Yeah. It's,
1: I think the it, difference is they feel like they're in a setting of freedom, whereas here they're in a setting of rules.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. you know, maybe and, not every time. Yeah. yeah. But and I was a kid that always got uh, told, like, to stop doing stuff. Like, don't draw attention to yourself. Mm. Don't. You know, you're not. We don't do that here. Yeah. Know. And so I. And it's not that that atmosphere is not here in Lee County, I don't think, or in our churches. But. I think there's just this mindset of Church well, is supposed to be this way and if you Well not necessarily church is supposed to be this way, but my parents aren't worshiping this way. Yep, mm, that's fair right. too. That's right. All right. and now again, I'm not a hand raiser. Um I I'm just not. Sometimes I do. It just depends on where I'm at. Yeah. Um, uh, not physically, but depending on what building I'm in. Yeah, but I mean, I've seen I've seen kids here, you know, worship all out, and I definitely have seen it at camps. Yeah. But I think it is a, I think it would break down a whole lot of walls if, as a parent, you just full on worshipped this coming Sunday. Yeah. Don't like, be ashamed to don't, worship God. Don't be God. ashamed to sing. Like, I can't. Like, there's, I can't carry a tune in hey. a bucket. I don't, even, I, don't, I don't have a bucket to joyful carry. Joyful
1: noise, it. man. Yeah. That's all and we need. Joyful, we noise, need is joyful noise is noise. in the
0: ear of the beholder. Yeah. And not uh, people sitting near me. Yeah. And if I'll sing it, yeah. I don't care. And my, my son can't carry a tune in a bucket either. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Singing. And, you know, and it's just a, And I think he's comfortable enough to to do it. Like he doesn't care about the embarrassment because my dad's doing it. Yeah. Mm. And so I think if I think a lot of walls would break down of talking to our kids about spiritual things if they saw us doing things. Absolutely. Yeah, there's been so worship, whether that's telling others about Christ, whether that's waking your kid up to have a Bible study with you in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even have to be anything in depth. Just get your kid up and be like, Hey, here's your Bible we're going to read this together. Yeah. Like that. That'd that be a cool thing.
1: There's been several times I've been at camp or something, whether it's been d or, you know, a different trip, whatever. And I've had the thought, man, I wish the parents of the students, but also just the congregation of the church to be able to see the way the kids are, are learning and worshiping this week. Cause it is, there's a different feel mm-hmm. to it. And unfortunately I think there's a lot of things that we do even unintentionally and unnoticeably that does stifle some of their confidence and and willingness to do that. But in mentioning that, let me just go ahead and make a plug to any parent who is watching this, or listening, you're not watching, any parent who is listening to this, do your child, yourself, and your student minister a favor and volunteer to chaperone camp.
2: Absolutely. It'll
1: it'll be a great experience for you because mm-hmm. you'll get to see oh, yeah. kids worship and learn in a different way. So mm-hmm. if you've never, I love taking parents as chaperones who are going to the camp for the first time, especially if they didn't as a teenager go. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to watch them just be enamored with everything that's going on and the way that the kids are just all in and, and worshiping the Lord. And so if you're listening and you have the ability to take off a week in the summer or whenever, to go on a camp with your church.
2: That's also a great way to kind of bring this one to a close is, um, I have a couple questions to kind of take back to the home. And one of them is, have you ever, has there ever been a moment where God is convicting you or of something, but you feel like that should be someone else's job? That should be someone else to do that. And so many times, like, I mean, I've had those positions where I'm like, hey, God, like, I feel like you're calling me to do something, but I don't know if I'm the one for that. If God's convicting you over something, God's convicting you for that purpose. And inside the home, like we're convicted and we should be convicted to disciple our children. And sometimes that gets pushed on, hey, well, that's what the church is for. No, that's what parents are for. Parents are called to disciple their children. And so parents, whenever you're around the dinner table, whenever you're around your kids at a sporting event, wherever, how are you showing Christ to them? But Over this week, or after you hear this, as a family, we really want you to discuss what it means to worship God and, like, explain why you worship God. Share your testimony of what changed your life to understand God is truly worthy of worship. And also discuss what it means to have respectful worship to God, like put God in his right place and not put him underneath or beneath us, but God is over everything. And we're worshiping him. We're worshiping him because he is that. So as um, we close, we would love for you to send in any questions you have. um, And also keep discipling your children. Um, Y'all are doing a great job at it. And it's not an easy job. It's one of the hardest jobs you'll ever do. But it's so worth it. So hope to see you next time on More the Pizza.